Mr. Pop. Have you ever wondered what it'd be like to pair Jamar Chase and Jerry Rice as your two wide receivers in fantasy football? Have you ever wondered what it would be like to start Barry Sanders and Patrick Mahomes in your fantasy football lineup? Then this is the place for you. Encore Fantasy, the only place where the fantasy stars of today face off against the legends of yesterday. There are a lot of fantasy games out there that do simulations. Encore Fantasy is taking actual games from these players' past. It's not simulating them. It's not a guess. You're actually getting a Fred Bolitnikoff game, not what Fred Bolitnikoff might have done at some point. Whether you are new to fantasy football or a better know the game, we have something for you. This is the Encore Fantasy Podcast. <laughs> folks welcome back to the encore fantasy sports podcast i am ben stecker's good to be back with you after a little bit of an absence joined alongside me is my co-host or maybe the, I'm now the host since i missed one michael Misho. say hi michael hi ben yeah out of the two of us i'm the only one who's been here every week thus far so maybe i've usurped uh full host duties but welcome back from europe ron swanson would hate the trip but i think you had a good time i definitely had a good time but it is a little bit of a cutthroat space that i disappear for one one episode and I'm suddenly demoted to co-host, but yeah, well, this you know what? Ha- it's what happens. I don't know if you read books about the corporate world, but as Michael Scott would say, it's a doggy dog world out there. So it's you just got to be, gotta be dog careful. Dog be not, careful. Not, not just corporate, man. This is media. So that's even more cutthroat. We're, we're yeah, <laughs> that's right. I watched the morning show on Apple Plus that, that they don't mess around over there. Yeah, it's like enter at your own risk here. But uh, no, it's good to be back. Was a great trip for anybody who's ever thinking about going to Costa del Sol, which is the southern coast of Spain. I highly recommend it. I also enjoy talking about 65 degree sunny weather right now in the heart of grossness that is most weather in the United States. I love winter, so I'm excited about this this coming week in D.C. and everywhere. <laughs> Although my my family and friends back in Vermont who are going to, it's going to like the high of negative six on Friday. I don't think they're too keen on that, but it's only for one day and you put on a jacket. Wait, are we actually going to get snow though? It snowed last night. I wasn't ready for that. And I woke up this morning and there was some snow out there more than we've, I, I know it's not real snow, but it's more than we've seen all year so the dc no snow streak has been broken but i don't know if we're going to get real snow i'd love if we did it's a pretty city when there's snow and you don't have to drive anywhere that last part is key because you have to drive and it's snowing it's a nightmare but for our three listeners if any one of you happen to be in the dc area and don't know what we're talking about there was what could be generously called a frost there was a thick frost (laughs) on some blades of grass and a couple of car windshields this morning when we woke up uh technically a snow but also could have just been a a freezer burn of sorts. <laughs> Everything that had whatever on it had been left in the freezer for way too long. And that's what the sign of that is. <laughs> I wouldn't mind a little snow. I do love winter. I, I like winter when winter is winter. So like the winter wonderland snow. I love that. Yeah. I don't like just cold. No, 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 no. I'm weird. I like rainy days, but I don't like rainy days in winter. We should get the Capitol weather gang on here and talk about <laughs> weather and sports. Yeah, that's this has now become a this has now become a weather podcast. I don't know if anybody was tuning in to hear anything about sports, but it's definitely a weather podcast. Well, it's like any networking event you've ever been to. Just start off with the weather and then figure out what to do from there. Or maybe that's just what I do. I'd also like to point out how I have probably called this the Encore Fantasy Something Podcast. Different names every single episode. Encore Fantasy Games, Encore Fantasy Football, Encore Fantasy Today Sports, which is apropos because we're going to talk a little bit about some NCAA, some NFL, some playoffs, a little bit of baseball. We are versatile. versatility. It's like we're, you got to have that guy, all World Series winning 
winning teams have that guy who can play all those positions. And uh, that's what we are. We're jack of all trades. Yeah. If you were tuning in just to hear about football, I mean, that's boring. Anybody can do that. We're here to bring you really the the good stuff like freezer burn in D.C. That's what we bring you. We aim to please uh, narrow audience. Well, glad. I'm glad we completely derailed today's podcast in the first five minutes. But, you know, that's great things. Uh, but we do have some fun stuff to talk about. I don't think about. that took five minutes, so we're good. Keep going. Just forget <laughs> it. Just forget we, it. We do have some fun stuff to talk about. We're Our historical encore approach, we'll talk about a little bit later because we're going to get into the baseball side of things and some fun stuff we're working on there, as well as our college basketball and our Pick 22 March Madness pool that we do. That's something we'll dip into. But there's a lot of NFL news these days and probably none bigger then the second best quarterback in history is re-retiring, I guess, is the thing. He's retiring for real. He sent uh, kind of a teary I was gonna say. Twitter video from the beach. Yeah, where, I, I think yeah. he was auditioning for The Notebook Part 2 with that video clip. <laughs> and he's got a good chance of getting a role there. It was I very wistful. Especially now that he's single. Maybe it's The Bachelor, actually, that he's auditioning for. Uh, you know, that's coming. They don't even have to put up money for him to become a millionaire. He already is. They're going to have the cream of the crop tripping all over themselves he, to be in that show. I, I haven't followed all the details of the Sam Bankman free thing, but is Tom Brady still a millionaire? I think he probably is, yeah. Uh, probably he didn't he didn't lose everything in I the, don't know. Uh, it depends on how much he got from Giselle <laughs> <laughs> that's right I hope she signed a prenup in honor of his retirement I've been passing a video montage of all the different times the Broncos defense has teed off on him or picked him off in his career today you mean like the Champ Bailey one where he fumbled before the end zone out of bounds didn't fumble before the end zone it was touchdown it was touchdown no it wasn't it's touchdown. It was touchdown I watched it again <laughs> we're of similar mind not surprised I've spent the day celebrating by watching highlights from Super Bowls 42 and 46, two of the greater moments in my life of which I had no control over, but the Giants beating the Patriots in those two Super Bowls. Great memories for me and happy to celebrate Tom's re re re-retirement that way. Yeah, I'm happy to see him go. I also do love the fact that you and I have the two teams that I think, I think have an almost even or winning record against him. We certainly beat him many, many times, particularly in the postseason. And the Giants obviously had the two big wins. So we can always bond over the fact that Tom Brady is trash and couldn't play the game of football to save his life. Yeah, that's true. Now, here's a question. You've said this already and you've said it before. I, we, we know you're a big Peyton Manning fan. Hand to heart. Do you honestly think that Peyton Manning is the best of all time and Tom Brady's number two. If you put Peyton Manning with Bill Belichick, they win 10 Super Bowls. If you came to me and I didn't have a coach on my team and you're saying you're going to get one of these guys, I would take Peyton Manning because on his own for a longer period of time, lifted teams that he was on more than Brady did on his own. Both guys are legends and great. Pains me to say that because to hell with you, sir. I said good day. <laughs> I said good day, sir. But honestly, I, I swear if I'm picking a quarterback, not knowing who my coach is going to be, I want Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning to me is a coach. Tom Brady is a player. That's the difference in that quarterback spot for him. And both guys, when they were healthy and at their best, can sling the ball around the field. Yeah, that's true. Peyton Manning had more highly productive seasons stats-wise. We know Tom Brady had that one year, 2007, obviously, where they went 16-0. and And he set, at the time, the record for touchdown passes in the year, which Peyton Manning broke. He did. So in terms of high-quality, statistically incredible seasons, I think Peyton Manning probably 
probably has more. Tom Brady obviously has one more Super Bowls. Peyton has two. But I think you're probably right. Coaching does have a large degree to do with it. And, and I think most people would argue that Bill Belichick is probably the best coach of all time. It's hard to argue against the volume of wins and big wins and Super Bowl wins that he has. There's a lot of people who look at the Tom Brady thing and see him win in Tampa Bay and they're like, oh no, it was actually Tom Brady the whole time. But I think that's a little too reductive. I don't really think that's how it works. It's like how I feel watching the big four in tennis. Like it's crazy that yeah. I'm alive to watch this play out. And the same thing with football. Like it's crazy that we got to watch Peyton Manning and Tom yeah. Brady in the prime of their careers, two of the best to ever do it. Yeah. With Brady, I understand he was successful when he went to Tampa Bay. Now, it wasn't like he was going to a bunch of poppers on that team. Like Bruce Arians is a very well fide coach. There was a lot of good players. They brought in a lot of stuff. It was a good team to go to. But here's the reality. When you have a quarterback who spends the entire first part of his career under somebody like Belichick, you grow into being an elite legend player. And at that point, you are making a difference where you go. But Peyton came into the league as that guy. It wasn't because Tony Dungy sculpted him into that. I'm sorry, whatever you want to say about Tony Dungy, who I think is one of the most overrated coaches of all time, he was not the reason Peyton Manning was who Peyton Manning is. And I think that's the difference for me. If you put Peyton Manning with a Bill Belichick, and I understand Brady won Super Bowls early on, but that was because they had a defenses that were just ridiculous. Like Brady's stats right. in those years were not. The offense wasn't doing anything. But Manning with Belichick, I think they win as many and probably more Super Bowls. And this is the other part that pains me, but I will say this and I stand by this. In my football lore, Bill Belichick is the greatest coach of all time in NFL history. There's just no getting around that. For me, there is no getting around that. And you could say maybe he doesn't do that without Brady and maybe he doesn't. But while he's a terrible talent evaluator, he gets the most out of the terrible talent that he doesn't evaluate correctly. He does. There was also that stretch where Bill Belichick used to do all those draft trades, right? Where he'd get this this pick from this guy, which turned into this and XYZ. And I think his his talent evaluation has fallen out. He's almost become like a parody of himself. Like he's trying too hard to be smart instead of just making normal picks. In a game like football where coaches matter a lot more, they matter more than baseball where you just put generally, yeah. you know, yes, there are decisions to be made about when to take starters out and bullpens and et cetera. But you know, you just send your hitters out there and be like, just go hit. Football is obviously like scheming and planning and play calling and all that stuff is a much bigger. I think it would always be hard to say that a, that a player, it was just a player. But I think if you were to balance it out a little, I think you're probably right that Peyton Manning might have won more if he had Bill Belichick than Tom Brady. Bill Belichick plays certainly an outsized role. Not to say, again, that Tom Brady isn't one of the best of all time because he is, but it helps yeah. to have the best coach ever on your side. Hey, you know, as Tom Brady goes out, I'll say bon voyage fairly well go silently in the night, sweet prince, or whatever it is that we say to this guy. Also, I would just watch out in the Buffalo Wild Wings where he's going to be cruising for talent or the, the Hooters, wherever it is that he's at. I don't know. I feel like someone of Tom Brady's level doesn't have to do that. Doesn't have to. He can eat all that stuff now. He doesn't need to keep his body at Temple anymore. He can get off the white diet. Oh, imagine if he got fat. That'd be hilarious. Oh, it'd be so good. It's coming. You know, it's coming. He'd be I like, oh, I don't have to eat avocado ice cream. I can eat real ice cream again like a human being. He's going to he's gonna have that, that that movie scene moment where he like takes a bite and he's like, oh my God, what is this? Where has this been my whole life? This is magic. This is magic. Didn't he sign a deal with Fox during his mini retirement last year? Probably. So he's coming to Fox. I don't know. Uh, he's going to be the most soccer guy. Where he's going to wind up, who knows? Imagine if you're Greg Olson, who's had a pretty good year as Fox's color analyst. I know a lot of hardcore football fans don't like any color analysts, but 
A lot of people seem to like Greg Olson. Imagine if all of a sudden he's getting prepped to do his first Super Bowl and they're like, oh yeah, Tom Brady's actually going to take your place. See you later. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> just, that would suck. No, they'll find a home for him on like the B team broadcast, getting the second game of the day every other Sunday. But uh, another guy that, uh, who knows, maybe has joined the retirement ranks, but I wouldn't quite put as high as Manning or Brady, and that's our good friend Aaron Rodgers. So here's the thing that I'm very curious about. We know that it's driving him crazy because all these teams are getting noticed because they're hiring new coaches, and Tom Brady's getting noticed because he's retiring. So you know that Aaron Rodgers is just over there trying to figure out how he can get back in the news cycle because we know of all the people, he doesn't like it when it's not about him. Which hot young celebrity can I announce that I'm now engaged to? Exactly. <laughs> Wait, did that happen recently? Yeah, no one knew what was happening. And then he and Shailene Woodley were like, we're engaged. <laughs> yeah. And then they weren't. He's not a free agent, right? No, 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 no. He no. just signed a big old contract. So he's going right. to... He's going so to cost a pretty penny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We know the Jets will probably trade for him if the opportunity is there. They did just hire Nathaniel Hackett in the hopes that they can attract him. I know you probably don't have great things to say about Nathaniel uh, Hackett. I, I have no problem with Nathaniel Hackett. No problem there at all. I just am giggling that... The Packers are trying the Jets 2022 strategy with, oh, if we get Hackett, we might be able to lure Aaron Rodgers here. I've oh, seen this movie before. <laughs> now, I also have a, a tinfoil hack conspiracy theory that I'll get into with the Broncos here in a little bit with that involves Nathaniel Hackett and Aaron Rodgers. But right now we're talking about the Jets. And I think the Jets would happily back up a, a Brinks truck of draft picks if it meant bringing Brett Favre 2.0 to uh, New York <laughs> Jets. <laughs> Yeah, the other option that I saw, I think Mina Kimes tweeted about this, was they should just offer Lamar Jackson like all the money. The Jets? Yeah. I don't think he'd want to go there. Why not? Because I think Atlanta's going to offer him all the money. Oh, uh, they go to Atlanta. Yeah. Oh. I think so. Well, I don't know. I think the Jets are. But in see, better. that's the thing. I think the Jets are in better position than than the Falcons are. But but that's warm. So I that's the that's the hard part though of uh. If if you're trying to sign up for agent, is you got to compete for him, right? Yeah, yes, that that can be an issue. <laughs> and if you're the Jets, all, what do you what do you have to offer there? Like, yeah, whoa, come whoa, whoa, here, whoa. And come here, and our backup quarterback will sleep with your mom's friend. No, 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 no. Hold on a second. The the Jets. There was a point in the middle of the season where Mike White was playing well. The Jets' defense was pretty good, and they and we talked on this about some of the Jets' skill position players who, if Mike White continued to start and play well, could have been positive fantasy playoff performers for you, like Garrett Wilson and some of their and Elijah Mitchell and some of their other some of their running backs were pretty good. So I, there are pieces there in the Jets. Robert Sala seems like a pretty smart coach. I don't think it's completely hopeless. Zach Wilson makes it seem like it's completely hopeless. But I think if you added a solid, like a good quarterback to that team, I think the Jets could be pretty good. No, I think they'd be better. You're not wrong. You're I think wrong. they'd be better than the Dolphins. I think if you add a good quarterback to that team, I think they'd vault over the Dolphins to be behind the Bills in that division going into the season. So here's the thing. I don't think if, if the Packers, so if Rodgers won, he's got to come back and, I don't know, pick up his media tour again so everybody's listening to him and paying attention to him so you could say, I've decided I, I'm going to play again, but then in the background, he's worked out a deal with the Packers to trade him. Anyways, when all that goes on and that whole facade and song and dance, even if they were going to make a deal to trade to the Jets, they can't really do it until post-June 1 because the cap hit before the June 1st date is not 
tenable for the Packers. So it would be one of those things where it would have to be agreed to in principle, but not executed until after June 1st, which is an interesting twist to that because a lot of things can happen between now and then. Uh, But I think if they pull the trigger on it, uh, it could be it could be an interesting one. I don't see how Aaron Rodgers plays for the Green Bay Packers in 2023. I don't think so. This season, this past season seemed to be like the last straw. I mean, you could you could argue both of them. I, I'm not saying yeah. Aaron Rodgers necessarily has to retire, but Tom Brady's year was pretty bad. It seemed like every week they were struggling, and it feels like he should have just retired last year. I don't know what he was getting out of coming back, except they can't let go. But uh, but for Aaron Rodgers, you know, he he was hurt. Uh, he didn't play well. His team wasn't very good. Uh, well, actually, his team was okay, but he didn't ever seem to be on sync with them in sync with them. I know, you know, crazy to trade his favorite wide receiver who's one of the best in the league and then be like, wow, our offense isn't as good as it was last year. But (laughs) I think there are two options and neither of those are Aaron Rodgers plays for the Packers. It is Aaron Rodgers retires or Aaron Rodgers plays for either the Jets or honestly the Raiders. Raiders too, yeah. Mark Davis is a lunatic who loves to do crazy things. So Yeah, yeah, that's true. They could definitely do that. But I, could you imagine Aaron Rodgers and Josh McDaniels in the same room? No. No, I couldn't. But fun to watch from the outside. I don't have to be on that team. Yeah, I, I, it's interesting, and I think Green Bay smartly did this because they do. They actually, they actually recoup a lot of needed cap space if they do make that post June one trade of him. So they're set up to be able to do that. So if he comes back and is like, "Yeah, I want to go someplace else," I think that's an easy thing for them to accommodate on that one. So it'll be interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see. I think it's just, yep, it's whether or not he has the motivation to play. Uh, And certainly this last year did not go well to help him feel like he has a motivation to play. But It's going to be an interesting offseason because I think, I mean, this isn't a groundbreaking thing to say, but with Burrow, Josh Allen, Mahomes, and Jalen Hurts all looking, you know, as being the key reason why their team's you know, made it as far as they did. A lot of people realized, you know, this is like, we we have to commit to this. At this point, it doesn't seem like you can win a Super Bowl in today's NFL without a good quarterback. In the past, you had teams like the Ravens of 2000 with Trent Dilfer, and they won because their defense was incredible. But I think the way the game is played now, and it's way more about scoring points than not. My Giants are in an interesting position with Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones is pretty good this year, but is he good enough to offer him a five-year, $120 million contract? Mm. And the same question about Saquon. I love Saquon, but I'm I, I'm very firmly of the belief that you don't actually need an amazing running back to win in the NFL. Again, look at the teams in the Super Bowl. They pay their running backs nothing. And it's basically a committee of guys who are good at running backs that are interchangeable with any number of people. It's about like the quarterback. The Giants drafted Saquon because Dave Gettleman believed that they were one offensive weapon away from competing in, in like Eli's last year. But they weren't. They were way more than that. And that was a pick they shouldn't have used on Saquon, unfortunately, because his rookie year was incredible. But like roster construction, now that there are so many outlets out there writing about this and everyone has much greater insight and we can all pretend to be GMs, which we all love to do. That's what fantasy sports basically is. And we're all in on that. But it makes people think a bit more critically about these things and about roster construction and contracts, even though it's not our money. So we shouldn't really care if it's wasted. What's the difference? But anyway, it's just going to be an interesting offseason because a lot of teams are going to have to be making these decisions. And a lot of these big time players have some control like Lamar and 
Aaron Rodgers. Like you've said, it's just going to be interesting. It's more about whether or not the script that they were handed by the NFL dictates that they hire these guys and <laughs> yeah. trade for these guys. Sorry, I so, forgot. I mean, as, well, as, Arian Foster, well. as Arian Foster has pointed out, the game is entirely scripted, which, by the way, if you haven't seen it, go hunt down the Arian Foster and I don't even know what the podcast show is. I was like, give the guys a shout out because it's a great segment about the scripting of the NFL, obviously on the heels of the shenanigans that went on last Sunday in the playoffs. It depends on whether it's scripted for you. No, I think it's that's true. what it is. We, we talk about all these things as if it's like free will or some sort of financial calculation, but really it's just whatever the NFL draws up. I mean, uh, I'd love to be in a their offseason writers. Yeah. I'd love to be a fly on the wall when Roger Goodell called up George Payton and said, hey, you're going to trade for Russell Wilson and he's going to be terrible this year. <laughs> and Russell Wilson's like, really? This is the script I get? That's like finding out you're dying in the third episode of Star Trek. Yeah, that's tough. All joking aside, it is funny to me that there are people out there who do think that sports are rigged, which is just funny because... Like Occam's razor, man. You know how many variables? Come on. It just doesn't make sense to me. But listen, people will believe anything. That's what social media and the internet has done is put all these things that plenty of people believed out in the open. So we're like, wow, look how like it's crazy that people believe this. Nah, people always believe crazy stuff. They just have more outlets to showcase their craziness. I don't I don't know if rigged is the right word, but do I think some things maybe get called a little heavier and maybe that kind of mentality is set up from the get-go? Maybe. I don't know if you're going to convince me when I look at when I watch both games, actually, that went on because the Phillies got away with an awful or the Phillies. The Eagles got away with an awful lot in their game, too, that maybe wasn't called like the opening fumble. In what world is a hand going forward no longer a fumble? Are you talking about the Brock Purdy thing? Yeah. The ball was out of his hand. No, it wasn't. His yes, arm was moving was. forward. No, his arm wasn't. was moving forward the entire time. I hate the Eagles. I'm but just telling you that that was a fumble. The Brock Purdy fumble was not a fumble. We have seen that play so many times be called an incomplete pass because the forearm is moving forward and then but the hand loses the ball. The hand hadn't lost the ball first. The bigger one is the Devontae Smith one and the fact that the 49ers on clearly a huge play, I don't care if it was the first drive, I don't care if you want to protect your challenges, it's the first drive, they just converted fourth yeah. and three and they're inside the five and Devontae Smith is running to the team going like, snap the ball, snap the ball. How do you not just throw the flag? Who cares well, about your timeout? I have it on a good authority that a Eagles sideline guy had actually taken the flag away from him at that point in time and was keeping it out of his reach while they <laughs> snapped the ball. Sure, sure, sure. We Someone all went over and stole it out of Kyle Shanahan's soccer. That's one, of those ones, that's one of those ones where that play happens and you throw the flag because you see what Devontae Smith is doing. And yes, if it turns out that Devontae Smith is baiting you into wasting a challenge, then good fine. job, Devontae Smith. Great. Well played, Devontae the Smith. The benefit of getting that to overturned is so much more worth than the last. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter because they wound up with Josh Johnson in the game and nobody's ever winning anything with Josh Johnson on our armless block. And then, quarterback. and then they lost Josh Johnson from the game and had to bring in Brock Purdy, who turned out had a torn ulnar collateral ligament in his elbow, which if you're a baseball fan, you know, is necessary for throwing. I honestly believe Tom Brady watched that game go down and is like, no, I'm not going to San Francisco. I don't want to die. (laughs) Quarterbacks go there to die. Ben, I think it was your wife. You don't know this, but your wife on Instagram put up a funny post today that the new 49ers quarterback next year is going to be a young man (laughs) named Bomb Dady or something. (laughs) Bomb Drady. See, that's a stolen joke. Not by my wife, but whoever came up with it. It's a stolen joke from King Felix coming on his lair. 
Larry Bernandez back in the old baseball days. <laughs> it's a good joke. Before we we go too much further down this rabbit hole, because we got yeah, a lot yeah. more to talk about, I just want to transition to one more Hall of Fame quarterback who got okay. a little help recently, and that's Russell Wilson getting Sean Payton oh. as his head coach. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, Ben, you sound excited. And we were talking about it yesterday or the day before, whenever it was announced, you were like, yeah, I mean, sure. I don't know how jazzed you were about it, but I guess it's better than Nathaniel Hackett. I think Sean Payton is a fantastic X's and O's coach. And I think on paper that he will get the most out of Russell Wilson. We're going to have a much improved team with Sean Payton. What I don't like is that Sean Payton is also a little sketchy and a little bit of an a-hole. Now he's my a-hole and I'll love him dearly for it. But (laughs) that's what sports is. That's what sports is. If things go poorly... Is Sean Payton like, yeah, I'm out. I'm going to go do TV. You mean he got a taste of the not coaching world and he's like, wow, coaching is exhausting and stressful and tiring and it's not worth it. And then you're back where you were this offseason. I think Sean Payton's got a little streak of the Aaron Rodgers narcissism in him where he likes it when things are about Sean Payton and he likes when people like Sean Payton. So he just had this whole moment where everything is about Sean Payton and that's great. And he's soaking it all up. But what if he comes over and what if Russell Wilson, which I don't believe is the case, I think he's got plenty of talent left. But let's say Russell Wilson is actually like, I think he's, 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 he's served his Donovan McNabb arc, right? He, this is the same arc, right? Let's say that's what it is. <laughs> oh, the new D McNabb. Yeah. What, a, what a nightmare in my brain as a Giants fan. I want to hear about D McNabb. Oh. Anyway, what if that's the actual arc and that's what we're seeing and Sean Payton gets there and it's just a frustrating because you know, expectations from the national media, from the local media are going to be a little bit out of proportion again this year well, because yeah. they're expecting Sean Payton to come in and immediately he and Russell Wilson Rest are going to win 11, 11 games and be a playoff contender and blah, 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 and all this stuff, which for the record, I have them at like seven to eight games wins with the hope that they win like 10 plus games. I mm-hmm. That's rational expectations. But what if all this happens and he's like, you know, F this noise and all. Because Broncos fans are terrible human beings. Like they're not good people. Most NFL fans are terrible human yeah, beings. Yeah, they're just they're just bad people. Love, bless their hearts. But like they will be merciless in their hate and angst. And I'm just going to hold faith that he's going to win games. He's going to, it's going to write the ship because I do believe Russell Wilson's talented and that we'll just get past the first couple of years and he won't be the pony that's going to run out of the stable anymore. Okay. So that's why I'm hesitant. Fair enough. And all those points are, are absolutely legitimate. There is a sport to sport analogy. I'm going to use here with another sport Uh. that I love, which is European soccer, because what the Broncos are dealing with now, and we were texting about this being like, well, who would you rather have? Like, do you want to hire, like, would you want to hire one of these coordinators who seems to deserve a head coaching job? Like Mike Kafka with the giants or whatever. And like maybe D'Amico Ryan's before he signed with the Texans, or do you want to hire a, like a seasoned hand who knows what he's doing for sure and has a a legacy of winning. So in soccer, like Everton, the other team in Liverpool right now are going through this where they're having a horrible season and they're at risk of being relegated from the Premier League, which is a huge deal. They First of all, they're one of the five teams, I think, that have never been relegated from the Premier League. So they that's something they're they're, you know, they're proud of. They fired their manager, Frank Lampard who is kind of a young manager. He hasn't really proven much. He managed Chelsea to mixed reviews, et cetera. And so people were looking at them being like, well, who do you hire? Do you hire a seasoned hand? One of these guys like Sean Deitch, who managed Burnley, is not very exciting, is not great at building youth players, but he does stabilize a team and sets kind of a floor for your performance higher than it is now. Not a high ceiling, but a higher floor. 
Or do you go for something a bit more ooh, exciting and like a young guy who maybe you can build for the future? Like if you, and, and so many of these teams are built not to fail, right? Yeah. So they're afraid of making a mistake. So they go with the season hand and be like, yeah, maybe, maybe we hire a, a young guy. And then in a couple of years, we're back where we are now because it didn't work out. But with Sean Dice, okay, we'll at least stay in the Premier League. We at least have that money coming in because that's the big deal in European soccer. And so I look at the Sean Payton hire as the same as Everton hiring Sean Dyche. Like this guy has coached in this league. He knows what it takes not to win the league in Sean Dyche's case, just to not get relegated, uh, except last year when his team did get relegated. But he, he helped them survive for a long time. But anyway, the Sean Payton thing is exactly like that. It's kind of a similar thing. And also, yeah. if you're the Broncos ownership and it doesn't work out, you can be like, well, we made the right choice at the time. We hired a Super Bowl winning coach with a legacy of 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 like uh, coaching strong teams in New Orleans. And you know what? It didn't work out, but you can't really blame us because, you know, we hired well, like we hired a guy. I, I'm I, just saying, I, I, I like have a sneaky suspicion that the Walton family doesn't give an F if we blame well, them for it. There's anything. also so that, there's that. Because but I think you're I think your I think your example is spot on in the NFL today because let's let's step outside and look at all the coach hires that have gone on. So both the Panthers and the Broncos are coming off of first time head coaches that didn't work out. Matt Rule didn't right. work out. Hackett didn't work out. Hackett's one of three in a row in three years, four years, whatever it is that didn't work out for the Broncos. Mm -hmm. Both of those teams' appetite is for stability and resetting the franchise. So you see Frank Reich and mm -hmm. you see uh, Sean Payton. Mm -hmm. Probably really great hires for both teams because you're bringing in that sort of, hey, we're going to, we're going to stabilize everything. We're going to level set. We're going to do this whole, you know, we're going to, you know, lift everything with our experience and our expertise. On the flip side, you have the Texans who are coming off Lovey Smith who is a thousand years old and, you know, they're looking for that fresh young energy because they also know they're probably going to be adding, uh, uh, Bryce, Bryce Young, Bryce uh, Young. at quarterback with the number two overall pick, unless somebody happens to jump up to Chicago at number one, but I don't see any team who needs a quarterback having the capital and doing that. Your entire dynamic in Houston is youth energy and like that's that's the move right and so it ebbs and flows right peak is we're really apt we have a huge appetite for energy and really putting the risk out there and doing it but then when you go through three years of that rule or you know what the broncos just went through with hacking and everything else you're in this valley of no we need to grow up in the room your example is perfect to that i think that's exactly what it is so it's a good it's a good analogy. It just shows that there is a groupthink philosophy at times across sports. You know, we saw this with the Astros after they had to fire AJ Hinch. You know, they hired who did they hire? They hired Dusty Baker. They didn't go with like a young manager with no experience. They went Dusty Baker, who has a million years of experience, and it worked out for them. So yeah, sports teams at the end of the day are their businesses, right? And your customers yeah. are your fans. So it's what do your customer base have an appetite for? And right now, the customer bases for those teams need stability and somebody who they feel like can they can trust and in Houston they need energy they need motivation they need a fresh start because it's been stagnant nothingness in Houston and in Indianapolis it's just a black hole of despair and nobody knows what the <laughs> hell is going on so yeah so good luck Indianapolis. good luck Indianapolis it's very cold there and you have no hope I'm sorry that's mm, where we're at sounds like a fun winter do you have to put my tinfoil hat with the Broncos? You ready for this? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yes. George Payton last year hired Nathaniel Hackett to lure Aaron Rodgers to the Denver Broncos. I think okay. it's pretty hard to think that there was anything else in that. However, George Payton, who is maligned by a lot of people right now because of the Russell Wilson deal, and they think the new ownership doesn't have his back and all this. George Payton is playing 3D chess when we're all playing tic-tac-toe. And here's what's going on. And here's why I say that. He knew 
that he could take a swing at Rodgers by hiring Hackett. And then when he didn't get Rodgers, he knew he had to trade for Russell Wilson in his back pocket, who he also knew Hackett probably wouldn't be able to coach because Hackett didn't ever coach anybody like Russell Wilson before. And he knew that if it didn't work out, he could fire Hackett. And he also knew that he had Sean Payton waiting to come over and ride into the sunset with Russell Wilson a year later. So he took not one, but two swings at a franchise quarterback and got one and then got the coach, the Hall of Fame coach to go with it. That's genius level Mm, 25 steps ahead of the next person thinking, ladies and gentlemen, Sean Payton is the greatest GM in NFL history. You mean George? You mean, you mean George? George Payton, Sean Payton, Peyton Manning. (laughs) This is like Payton's over there. That's what I, that's the link that I see. Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, in my time as a, this is very DC in my time as a consultant. One thing I realized about big companies is they're not organized and have no idea what's going on. But yeah, I'm sure that's <laughs> totally what it was. Wait, before and before we transition, just wait, one thing we do have to do. What is your quick just pick for Super Bowl winning team? I don't care. I can't pick. I hate them both. Yeah, that's cool. I hate one team significantly more than the other. I know you do. So I, I hope the Chiefs, the Chiefs win, and I, I think they might. Although the Eagles look really strong right now, unfortunately, I hate to say it, but I guess I, I think it should be a good. I think it should be a good game. I, I hope it is. Just to avoid, well, I, I have to cheer against the Chiefs. I can never cheer for the Chiefs. Right, just and like I, I have to cheer as, against the Eagles. Yeah, but I mean, for the. <laughs> I don't know. I'm torn between do I want to save people's lives or is it just like survival of the fittest? Because if the Eagles win, there's going to be like deaths in Philadelphia. And if so, I, I don't know. Is that like just a thing we just accept? Yeah, it's an ethical life? thing. Actually, we can't have the Eagles win because we don't want people to die. I don't know. Or you could argue that Earth is overpopulated and this is Darwinism. We need. Yeah, we got a couple of new sports watching up here we've been having a lot of fun with nfl obviously we've been our historical pools we've seen all the fun that's gone on there and one thing that's people are starting to show up for uh, a little a uh, little baseball is starting to starting to heat up we've got uh oh yeah spring training got, is coming spring it's training month. is world baseball classic is coming we got all classic. these things and for us it's pretty interesting because now we're back to you know our our model at encore fantasy games has always been not just one sport uh we started with basketball and we had a basketball game for a while that we as our, was our beta version that you could draft will chamberlain and michael jordan and Kim Olajuwon and all these guys and you could do you, you could you could pull build your 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 uh lineup of lineups with basketball and it worked pretty much the same way as football, right? You just pull a game from the guy's career, you get the stats and it was pretty cool. You could have all that, but baseball's a little bit of a different beast. And, and I am, you know, one of the things that's fun about doing this podcast with our company is, is that we are still developing and building as we go. And we can kind of talk through some of our thought processes on this. We do this random game poll, right? That's how you get your stats, but baseball guys play so many games so many games like it's just it's 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 crazy like i mean let's 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 look at what is a what is a a babe ruth play in his career how many games does babe ruth have let's just say uh well over a thousand so babe ruth babe ruth has played in 2500 games exactly so we're pulling we're pulling we're randomly pulling a game between 20 you know one and 2503 like that's that's a, a lot of margin there. And it could make the game a little less unwieldy. fun. Right. A little unwieldy, yeah. So the question becomes there, what do we do? Do we do one season? Do we pull like his best season? You're getting a one through 162 chance for his best season? Because within a season, you know that a guy's got, you know, 50 games in which he went 0 for 4, right? Yeah. 
So you've got a lot of margin well, probably, for failure there. Probably less than that for Babe Ruth, but yeah. Well, that's another good study. I guess we could do the research on it. So what we what we find ourselves looking at is, is we're developing our baseball version of this is exactly how we do it. And I'm inclined to think that it's it winds up being like a, a meat of a guy's career, like the middle, like the, the three prime years of his career. And that can be a little hard to 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 navigate there. And it takes a little bit more cultivating. But I think that's how you get like the best gameplay out of this. What do you think? Well, my idea was because, um, well, like with all fantasy sports, you know, fantasy baseball is done on a weekly basis, but you have your team set up over the course of a week and you can tweak it, right? Put your pitchers in Tuesday, Sunday, whatever day the starters are in, et cetera. Part of me thinks it might make sense to take like six game chunks of a guy's career. Maybe we, maybe we can combine these things where you take six game chunks of a guy's three best seasons or whatever. But I think it should be a little smaller. If we're comparing it to the football game where it's one game in a guy's career, I think we should still make it a little smaller than like one season necessarily. Cause that is, uh, you know, that's, that's a lot. And if we're doing it week to week, or maybe we do it over a month, we take a guy's month. I think we should take it in, but in like smaller pieces, but not game to game, because like you said, Babe Ruth is 2,500 games played <laughs> and baseball is weird. You might get a four home run game. You might get an over four game with four strikeouts. Or if he, if, if you got him from his pitching time, you might get Ugh. the World Series game where he walked the first batter, was ejected for arguing <laughs> balls and strikes, and then the guy who subbed him retired the next 27 hitters in a row, but is, does not count as a perfect game. So you might get that game. And one way or the other, from the scoring standpoint, it'll be a points-based format because as much as I'd like to have it be home runs, RBIs, roto-type thing, because of the way the random poll works, to your point, if you you could get one of the great pitching performances from Babe Ruth, and if that's points-driven in that you get certain points for Ks, for you know wins and all that, stuff you're going to get points out of it whereas if it was like roto and you had him starting in you know the outfield you'd be like wait what yeah you just missed out on that so it'll be it'll be that but it is i do think at a minimum it's going to be one uh, one season is is what you do at a minimum for a pull period because if you think about it like a lot of our football legends they're all over 150 games i mean there's some that are not and those are gem finds in there for sure i can't wait to look into the baseball side to see if there's some guys that only played for like a couple of seasons that were outstanding i actually don't know that i haven't really looked at it i would assume maybe before world war ii there might have been a few plus some, some others here and there some guys who got hurt brady anderson please stand up so there's all of those types that are out there but yeah it's going to be a lot of fun to kind of to kind of build that out and and flush that out a little bit more because that's our next sport that we move on to which is exciting because we both love baseball and fantasy baseball not surprisingly to our listeners we're also in a fantasy baseball league together ben's the commissioner baseball is a great sport a great vehicle for this game that we have no sport loves their history more than baseball loves its history so creating a game and not a simulation game because that's what a lot of stuff is yep. out there but a real game taking real stats from a guy's career and putting it up against you know mike trout or a rod or Derek cheater or whomever ted williams or all the big names that's that's what's fun about it so figuring out the best way to make that work and make it fun is a challenge but a good challenge Hey, maybe we'll just do it so that every single season for a guy is a is a as a playable player you can play uh, Albert Pujols year one and Albert Pujols year 16 if you want to in the same lineup. A whole lineup of Albert Pujols is 
There you a, go. A whole lineup of Albert Fujols. The, the options, the options are endless out there. And this is the really fun part about it. Like we just, there's, there's so many applications for this kind of historical reliving of the time bit. Well, you know, we we're talking about baseball right now and, and that's, that's coming up, but it, college basketball is coming up soon. And we all, we do have a real time game for that that will be out there, which is our pick 22 format, which is our March Madness game. And eventually down the road, there's ways to, to, to pull in a, a conference and pull all of the past historical stats from that conference and you can figure out what universities had the best college basketball players from a fantasy standpoint of all time college football players of all time there's just there's a lot of applications and a lot of fun ways of doing it i'm excited i'm always excited for march madness because it's, oh, just, yeah. it's just so much fun but madness is the key word this year because college <laughs> basketball has been absolute chaos purdue is the number one ranked team right now. And they are the first, they are the unanimous number one, the first unanimous number one of the season. And there have been 50 teams ranked in the men's top 25, which is the most ever through 13 weeks. So that's 14% of division one programs have been ranked in the top 25 and five of the, of the top 10 preseason teams are no longer in the top 25. That's preseason number one, UNC, Kentucky's number four, Duke number seven, Creighton number nine, and Arkansas number 10. They're all out of the top 25. Makes I think, me feel a lot better about Gonzaga still being 12. Exactly. 18 and four and up two spots, no less, from the last poll. But basically, it's just kind of a crazy year. UConn was number two for a while, and now they're back down to 24. Xavier has been up near the top. Houston and Tennessee are solid. I mean, Alabama, there's, there's some football schools on here that makes it look weird for for basketball perspective but this this makes the pick 22 you know really interesting like for people who haven't played before you basically pick four teams whose seeds add up to 22 you get a point for each of their wins so how you build out your 22 points is up to you obviously you can do a bunch of middle rank teams you can do two number ones but then you have to throw like a 15 in there basically yeah. uh, to add up to 22 but if yeah duke is unranked but they're not terrible. They're not in the top 25. Duke could probably end up as a seven or a 10 seed. Okay. Well, they were preseason. And, and this also brings to light kind of what co the college basketball landscape is now with like transfers. It's weird how much college basketball has changed in the time that I've watched it, that it's no longer like one and done those Kentucky teams. Now it's like teams win with transfers and guys from other teams. And there's the NIL component that you have to factor in that guys are moving to teams for money, which listen, I'm glad that they can get paid off their name, image and likeness, but it is complete wild west out there. I wrote a paper in grad school about how we need a federal NIL standard. So that's where I stand on that. I was going to ask you if that's what you're seeing with that, because that would, that would be what makes the most sense is basketball has always been unique that way, right? Like there's like five positions that are going to get significant yeah. playing time. Like you have a roster of, I don't know what it is in college, 14 Probably or something like that, but like, like you, walk ons on the back side. Yeah, yeah, there's so many good basketball players at the high school level. Like, there's a ton of wealth to go around, and that's how that's how my Gonzaga Bulldogs got good. Like, mm -hmm. you a small school in Spokane, Washington, where you do not want to be during winter periods. It got good because of that, and there's a lot of those schools that are out there. And now with NILs, yeah, some of these bigger colleges that have lost out on that can buy some people back. And that's what we're probably seeing with a little bit of this. But at the same time, like even more schools can play and it does make for a lot of parody, which I freaking love in March Madness. I hate it in our like pick 22 pool in my bracket <laughs> when, my, when my mom's sister's aunt who doesn't know what basketball <laughs> is has gone undefeated. I hate yeah, that I very mean, much. We've all had that person in our pool. But I love to hate that. I love to hate that. This comes up every year when people pick their brackets, right? That, oh, supposedly people love upsets, but then you go and actually see what people pick and they don't pick upsets, right? They like, it's hard to pick against the number one seeds and blah, blah, blah. So when they're picking teams, they don't like upsets. Yeah. But then when they watch the tournament, everyone they're is like, like yeah, let's like, 
burn it down. Like, beat them down. Yeah, Let's go. Exactly. Oh. Like when um, <laughs> when UMBC beat Virginia as a 16 seed. Like I think most people pick Virginia to go to the Final Four that year, and they lost. And it's like, yeah, okay, I lost Final Four team, but everyone did. So let's have fun with it. You know, let's let's burn the whole thing down. And I and just based on. Um, you know, just based on where college basketball is now and what the season is like, I think this March Madness is going to be quite mad. And and you'd be a fool to try and figure out who's going to win. But we're all going to anyway, because that's why it's fun. And that's why we do it. That's right. That's exactly right. That's it. That's why we fun. That's why we do it. And that's why it just drives us mad. Ha, huh. madness. Oh, yes. I stopped, I stopped getting mad about March Madness though a long time ago when I like, cause every year I was like, no, I follow college basketball to the T. I'm all up in it. I know this. I know this. I'm on kenpom.com every week looking up the ratings. Ken Pomeroy, who came up with his Ken Palm rating. To like I have never heard of this game. thing in my life. Okay. Well, anyway, the point is I used to go on that all the time and I know which teams are good and which teams aren't. And then I inevitably lose my March Madness pool to someone who's like, oh, college basketball, fun. <laughs> now I've just kind of embraced it. Be like, yeah, I'm probably not going to win, but I still love watching all the games. And that Thursday and Friday are the two best days in sports. It's hard to beat that. And and you'll have a chance to play our Pick 22 game on our website, which is a lot That's of right. fun. It is a lot of fun. Really easy to do. It's a lot of fun to play along. Simple pick four teams. Their seeds equal 22 overall. You get a point if they win a game. Most points at the end. It's fantastic. A lot of fun. Everybody can play. It's just simple math. And that's it. You see what happens. It's going to be interesting to watch how the college basketball season ends and, and how it goes down. And no matter what happens, I'm still going to be at a complete loss when it comes around to picking things. So I'll just be <laughs> throwing poo at the wall and seeing what sticks. Everyone's favorite activity. Yes. And Gonzaga. Three teams and Gonzaga. So here we go. Let's talk a little bit uh, on the betting side. I've got a little update for you. Because I was out on the last podcast, you and Willie jinxed the Jabberwocky, <laughs> which is why it failed. Totally, sure. So sure, there, sure. there it is. The Jabberwocky came to an end in a streak because it's really Willie's fault because Willie came That's on fair, the podcast. Yeah. Don't blame so me. Yeah. We'll put that all on Willie. Um, I was the constant. I was the constant. So it couldn't have been okay. me. All right. I was and, on when it was working and on when it wasn't working. And there's only one person who came on and it didn't work. And that's the person that shot Willie. Feeling the tilt of having lost. Uh, a Jabberwocky, which you should always bet more when you have a tilt. Do not do that. That is not official advice. Do not listen to what I have to say Don't because I am not an expert. But I, obviously, feeling the tilt, leaned into it and decided to use the Jabberwocky in NBA basketball because, of course, mm. it will work. There. And how'd that work out, Ben? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just with that. It was not good. I think two out of the four hit, which I guess was better than not. I do not recommend using the Jabberwocky in NBA basketball. I think you could use the Jabberwocky in NBA playoff basketball. That could work. Yes. But regular yes. season NBA basketball is way too variable. And you don't even know if a team cares on a certain night, regardless of whether they're favored. Like, I can't watch regular season NBA basketball. It's not that fun. You get the sense that they're not really playing hard. You never get that sense like watching NHL. You, you should try the Jabberwocky in the NHL is what you should do. And the Bruins should be your team like every night although they actually have been struggling lately but uh, they've only lost like three games this year so <laughs> fantasy betting or betting advice circle. you should really bet on this one team except they're pretty bad so no they're not bad they just <laughs> lost a couple games in the last couple weeks which they had only lost like one i think, I'm, I think I'm, I'm, I'm putting the jabberwocky back in its box for a little while i will try it i do like your idea of trying in the nba uh playoffs at least in the first couple of rounds when it's kind of obvious yeah. who's gonna win i think right. that's a that's probably a really good bet. So I think we're going to try that early on, but then it's probably going to go back in its box until, uh, <laughs> until week six of the NFL. Week six of the NFL season. There are seasonal bets, and that is a seasonal bet, and that's what it is. It's like the eggnog of bets. You can't find it all year round, only at certain times. 
Yeah, yeah. But hey, just because the Jabberwocky is, you know, in semi-retirement like Aaron Rodgers, uh, doesn't mean there aren't other bets. So the fun bets are hitting right now for all of us who love the Super Bowl. And those are the Super Bowl prop bets. So what do you got? What do you like in the Super Bowl prop bets? If you had followed my advice throughout the course of this podcast, you will have lost most of your money. So please don't. But I have a couple here. The halftime show is Rihanna. The halftime show prop right now is over under 9.5 songs. I saw that one. I was curious. And I got to be honest, under seems right. So they always do a medley. It's like three songs. And then there's like a slow song and then maybe another medley. And then like one of her famous ones to finish. I still think we're under 9.5 songs. So I like under 9.5 minus 115. The other one is uh, the Gatorade bath. Red pink is on here. I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's either going to be blue or yellow green. And I'm going to go with blue at plus 400. I'm in for blue Gatorade bath. I think it's yellow green. That's a stone cold lock at, at plus 400. So we're on opposite. <laughs> Side, opposite okay, side great. of that. So yellow great. green there, but that's not my recommended pick. My recommended pick is the NFL picked a country singer to sing the national anthem. Mm-hmm. Country singers love to hear their draw. They, they like to be a little it. slow. They, they like it. to be a little slow. Oh, yeah. So I'm taking over. the over taking that 121.5 seconds. Over two minutes and 1.5 seconds of the national anthem. Oh, we're going to be sitting there listening to that stupid country singing. Chris, Chris Stapleton, Stapleton is going to milk it. So you can hear his docile country tones. Twang. We'll see what pays off with it, but that's what I got. That's at minus 120. I think that's going to be a home run hit right there. I think I'm going to go two for two on those props. I love this warning. Being that there is no official timer, some sportsbooks will grade this prop on slightly different times. It doesn't matter. It's going to be over 123. My cousin works in the recording industry, and he said supposedly one year some artist was singing it, and they were causing a ruckus about something or another, and they're like, we're not going to do it. And then they did it, but from that point on, they've recorded, they've done a recording of everyone so just in case the person like bails or something they have something to play uh, and that's what they use so i like it inside information but i i'm i'm with you on that over as spock would say the cadet's logic is sound about a country singer wanting to hear the twang of their own voice and dragging up the national anthem i also go a step further and say that i don't think that either jalen hurts or patrick mahomes will be the mvp of the super bowl i don't know who to tell you to bet on i'm gonna bet but it's not gonna be one of them in fact it would not surprise me if it was an edge rusher chris jones or Hassan reddick it could be now if Hassan reddick actually gets flagged for being offsides for once in his entire career then that could that could really foil mm, that would hurt that. him that would hurt him yeah it's easy to get strip sacks when you're offside I know the script probably calls for it to be either Mahomes or Hurts but I'm just gonna throw it out there and say that, that they might go off script on this one we'll see just gotta feel how it goes but that's all we got for you today folks appreciate you tuning in it's been a pleasure as always we got you caught up on the news of the day in the NFL look ahead to our March Madness fun and our pick 22 pool hopefully you enjoyed everything about everything we got what do you got Mish anything else no, that's it. I'm just excited that spring training is almost here. So, Yeah, spring training, Mariners, World Series champs in 2023, Broncos Super Bowl champs in 2023. It's all coming together. Just how I planned it. Totally. All right, folks. Thanks for joining <laughs> us on the podcast. This episode is history. Which hot young celebrity can I announce that I'm now engaged to? Honestly, sleep with your mom's friend. Two of the best to ever do it. Many, many times. Oh, it'd be so good. It's coming. You know it's coming. I'd love if we did. Creepy dude. Creepy. Creepy.